0: Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your word. We thank you for your story. Father, for the scriptures, Lord, that are God-breathed to lead us, to guide us, to instruct us, to correct us. Uh, Father God, to uh, bring conviction into our hearts. And God, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit who is with us to walk through all of that. And God, I pray that... Uh, as we dive into your word throughout this series and and this morning, Father God, and even in the years uh, to come, God, that we may, uh, Lord, continue to just grow in your truth and in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Uh, So let's set the scene and learn a little bit more about who Caleb is. Um, And so Caleb uh, was born, so he was born uh, while the nation of Israel was enslaved in Egypt. So while they were all there, uh, Caleb uh, was born. He spent 40 years of his life as a slave. And so we talk about having, you know, we often talk about Caleb as having a lot of faith and a lot of courage. And I, we, we talk about having faith and courage as we live in this beautiful land with these beautiful freedoms that we kind of have. Imagine having faith and courage in God when you've been a slave for 40 years. Imagine having the courage to break away from what you... It's actually not that hard to imagine when you think that every person who doesn't know Jesus Christ today is enslaved to their sin. And then that kind of gives you a picture of how hard it is for them to break away from what's enslaved them to follow God. And so, uh, you know, we talk about Caleb having this courage and uh, he was probably part of the, part of the uh, Egyptian parties who helped build all of the, you know, whatever they were building in those days. Were they building pyramids in those days? Uh, all of the, uh, All of the construction that was going on, all of the building projects of that area in Egypt, he would have been a part of. And so his life was pretty hard and it was pretty dangerous uh, and it was a continual struggle. We know the story of the Israelites stuck in Egypt. The reason God rescued them was because they were crying out to God to be rescued. God heard the cries of his people who were enslaved. And so uh, this, this, is the, this is the culture, this is the time that uh, we find Caleb in. And when Caleb was about 40 years old, That was when God powerfully and miraculously freed Israel out of slavery. And so he was with, uh, you know, he was with Moses and and those guys when they kind of came out when God uh, sent the plagues to warn uh, Pharaoh. He was with them when God parted the sea so that they could walk through. And as a nation, they started to journey to the land that God had promised Abraham. And so he was among uh, those who were leading in that time and coming out of Egypt. And when God spoke of Caleb, He says this in Numbers 14, verse 24. He says, My servant Caleb has a different attitude. Some translations say a different spirit than the others have. He has remained loyal to me. He has remained loyal to me. And so God calls him a man who has this different attitude and a different spirit and uh, you know, that, that makes a difference in people's lives. Our attitude and the spirit in which we approach things make a difference. And so Caleb's successful entry into the promised land I was largely attributed to, uh, to his attitude and how it was displayed through his faith, his words, and through his deeds. And we're going to see today that those others who had a different attitude, which God is talking about here, never got to enter the promised land like Caleb and Joshua did. And so our first point this morning uh, from the life of Caleb is to guard the attitude of the heart. Guard the attitude of the heart. You know, a key part of serving uh, God the way that Caleb did is to possess the right perspective on things to have the right attitude towards things. Now in Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Out of your heart spring the issues of life. And we're going to touch on that and touch on how that flows through in Caleb's life uh, this morning in point number three. But this verse in Proverbs it kind of de- it demands a consistency in our heart and in our purpose. It con- it demands an honesty in how we speak about ourselves, how we speak about others, how we speak to others. It demands integrity in our uh, steadfastness in how we walk um, and how we uh, live out life. And it demands a pure and righteous goal in life, that what we pursue is God's purpose, that what we pursue is what God has laid out for us and not our own selfish ambitions. The kid's having a wonderful time, making lots of noise out there again uh, this morning. And it's a reminder reminder that setting the path of wisdom is not a casual thing. When you kind of set out for wisdom, when you kind of set out to know God's will and God's purpose, you can't just sit back and expect to know it. It's not a casual thing. It's something that we diligently pursue. It's something that we battle because we have an enemy, like it or not. Hey, Christian, you've got an enemy. We've got an enemy. It's something we have to battle through and pursue with faith before God. It's a lifestyle. Of not just walking with God, but continually walking towards Him. Walking forward to Him. It's what repentance is. It's to turn away from who we were, and to walk towards God. 2 Timothy 2 verse 22 says, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And so here we're told uh, what those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart pursue. Righteousness. Faith, love, peace. You can add to that all the other fruits of the Holy Spirit. Joy, hope, self-control. And so keeping these things in our pursuit with diligence and guarding them in our hearts helps us to keep an attitude of heart that is pure and that is after God. Art that is pure. Pure simply meaning that it's not contaminated by anything else. It's not contaminated by other people's ideas. It's not contaminated by uh, secular ideas. It's not contaminated by what what governments say is right. It's not contaminated by what uh, some wayward, out there extremist think is right but purely and pure, governed by God's principles, by God's word. And in Matthew 5, verse 7, it says that God blesses those whose hearts are pure. For they will see God. I mean, I for one think, reading a verse like that, I want to keep my heart pure before God. And then the first question that comes is, God, how do I do that? God, show me what that looks like. And so we're going to discover um, more from the life of Caleb about this diligence, Uh, the strong faith and this attitude of heart that found him receiving the blessings of God because I know that God loves to bless and I believe with all my heart, God wants to bless you. That God wants the best for you, his best for you. As we wholeheartedly live for him, amen? Guard the attitude of your heart. Part of that is keeping your heart sweet towards God, not allowing your heart to get bitter because of the stuff that's going on. And so Israel, they've left Egypt and uh, they've come to the southern borders of Canaan and Moses sends uh, 12 spies to view the land and this is where we really see Caleb and, and Joshua at work. And they gone for 40 days, we're told, and they return and they give their report. In Numbers 13, verses 26 to 29, it says, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. Now, uh, I looked up what the fruit of the land looked like. If you go and get grapes from the supermarket today, you can probably Carry a few bundles in a bag out the door, a bag probably that big uh, th- in these days, the, the pictures that you're, the images that you 'll find of them carrying fruit out of the land is one bundle of grapes hung up on a stick carried by two people, one on the front of the stick, one on the back of the stick, and then you 've got your, your, your one what do they call those things of grapes bunch uh, one bunch you 've got your one bunch of grapes hanging by the stem. And going all the way to the ground, and so these are this this is the fruit that that they had seen in the land, and they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Oh, praise God! That's exactly what he said they were going to get—a land flowing with milk and honey, and its fruit. Now here is its fruit. So they show him the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and their cities are fortified and very large. We saw, we even saw descendants of Anak there. The descendants of Anak uh, in those days, his descent, they were giants. So at the very least, six, seven foot tall, we're told. Um, But but that's that's what these guys are seeing um, when they when they mention the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live. uh, The Amalekites live in the That place, Najib. the Hittites, Jezebites, and the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. And so they see this land, and they come back, uh, they see this land, they come back and they go, yep, it's what you said it was gonna be. Yes, it's what God said it's gonna be, flowing with milk and honey. And they have two different reports. A report from 10 of the spies, 12 spies that were sent, and a report from Caleb and Joshua, and in Numbers 13, verses 31 to 33, the 10 said, we can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are, so they spread this bad report among the land, uh, about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak, Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Who else thinks that maybe these guys' hearts have been penetrated by fear? That maybe they've allowed fear to just uh, come in and take over. And so our second point this morning is to remember how big your God is. remember how big your God is. Don't let your obstacles become larger than your God. Don't let your obstacles outshadow your promise. You know, these spies forgot that God had sent the plagues to Egypt and that God had parted the Red Sea for them to be free. Now, if these guys who actually lived through God, delivering them out of Egypt, who lived, you know, seeing the Red Sea part. It's seeing the power of God so tangibly. If they struggled to remember that, then I'd imagine it would be easy for many of us to struggle to remember how big our God is. But because they had that attitude um, and they had that fear and that lack of faith, we see a couple of things happen uh, to this group and eventually to uh, you know, all of the tribes that they represented. They allowed their fear to do two things. Firstly, it dictated who they were and what they were able to do. You know, They were saying that we can't go up against them We feel like grasshoppers. They are stronger than we are. So it it dictated to them who they were and what they can do. And then secondly, it made their problems and their fears larger than their God. And we're going to see shortly how Caleb was different uh, in that aspect. But their attitude was very much that they had bigger problems than God could handle. You know, sometimes it's hard to imagine a solution for our need. Been there before? Sometimes it's hard to know where an answer is going to come from. And at times it seems that our need and that our challenges and that our problems are bigger than our God. But whenever we find ourselves in that situation, the Word of God is a light of truth for us to follow. Amen. That's our ref- That that's our anchor. When your boat's fallen adrift, anchor yourself with the Word of God. Now, Isaiah 41, verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Philippians 4, verse 13, a verse we know well. For I can do anything through Christ who gives me strength. so you see the problem with letting our obstacles become bigger than our God is that our obstacles then start to speak into our lives where faith should be speaking all of a sudden our perspective has changed our obstacles are the lens that we view things from you know the 10 spies said this in verse 33 oh we just read it they said to them we feel like grasshoppers and that's What they thought too. So not only have they decided that they're grasshoppers, they've also decided that their enemy think that they're grasshoppers. And I often wonder when I read this, well, how do they know that their enemy think that they're grasshoppers? I mean, did they go and ask them when they went to spy the land? They'd be pretty horrible spies if that's what they did. Uh, walked up and talked to their, to their enemies. But they'd allowed their problem to speak into their life when faith and where faith should have been speaking. Ooh. I just felt to pause there because I think that's very real for some of us this morning. The takeaway from us this morning, for us this morning, is to not let our obstacles become bigger than our God. Because He is a big, big God. You know, this fearful and faithless attitude is a deep contrast to the spirit that uh, Caleb had. And Caleb's attitude was to go after the vision and the promise that God had given his people. He knew God's promise. He now had a vision of exactly what God said he was gonna give them. The land, the milk and honey, the fruit, the abundance. And his attitude was to go after the vision and the promise God had given to his people. We read in verse 30, Numbers 13, verse 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. So all 12 of them return. They agree that the land that they saw is extremely fruitful. The problem with the 10 was that they said the land was far too big and that they couldn't drive out those who were already there. And Joshua and Caleb had a different view of things. Caleb said, in essence, yes, the people are big, but the God of Israel, the creator of the universe, is bigger and more powerful. God, yes, my problem is big. But you're bigger and you're more powerful. God, yes, my need is big. But you're bigger and you're more powerful. And so modeled in Caleb's life is this idea that you have two perspectives. You either have big problems and a small God or you have a big God and small problems. Choose which one you want to be. You either have big problems and a small God, or you have a big God and small problems. And he had that view because he trusted in God's faithfulness to keep his promise. And we see through Caleb that a person who trusts God's faithfulness will be greatly used by God and blessed, amen oh man, let me trust God to get more of his blessing. Let me trust God so that he could use me more to do his will. And so our final point this morning is to trust God and get ready to go. That's the opposite of trusting God and then staying, by the way. Trust God and get ready to go. You know, unlike the other spies who were, I'm bringing a bad report to the people about taking over the land. Caleb was bringing a confident report, as we're gonna see throughout the coming weeks, courage. He was bringing a, a, a report of faith. Um, and his report was to go and take possession of the land. He saw the same thing as these 10 spies. And instead of looking at the obstacles, Caleb had his eyes set on God's promise. You know, I've mentioned we have an enemy. If he can get you to get your eyes off what God wants for you and onto your promise and onto your problems, his job's done. He's he's not afraid. He's not afraid of who you're gonna become. He knows what you can become. He's afraid of you getting there. He's afraid because he knows who you can become. Sometimes more than we know who we can become in God. But Caleb had his eyes set on the promise of God despite the challenges that everyone else was kind of pointing out. He saw the same things I said on the promise, and he believed that God was able to deliver it, that God was big enough to make it happen. Numbers 14, verses 6 to 9. It says, The two men that had explored the land, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of uh, Jephunneh, tore their clothes. They said to all the people of Israel, The land we traveled through and explored, it is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Caleb was the one who spoke out against the flow of the negative reports. He was the one who was confident in the armies of Israel and in what they could do. He was the one who was confident in who he was. He was confident in who God is. And he spoke out against the negative reports. You know, I believe that when Caleb and Joshua saw the land, one of the reasons that they weren't afraid and that they were ready to go was because God had already prepared them. Not only that, they'd already allowed themselves to be ready to go. They'd already had a strong faith in God. They already believed in the promise of God. They already trusted that because of what God's already done, that God could do it again. And so when it came time to give a report, there was no dividedness about where they were at. It was like, yes, our God can We should go. You know, we had that verse out of Proverbs 4, verse 23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Caleb hadn't allowed fear to enter into his heart. He had kept faith, he had kept courage, and he had kept trust, guarded And protected when fear was flowing into the hearts of everyone else around him. Faith and courage. And so at that time, what flew out of the heart of Caleb? Faith. What flew out of the heart of Joshua? Courage. Now, within them were the characteristics and the ability to see things through a spirit-filled faith. And through the hope of a better future for their nation. It was something that was drawn out of their relationship with God. out of a diligent heart, out of an attitude that their God was bigger than their obstacles. Do you know that's a battle that we all face? Because the Christian walk's not a static one. It is very much dynamic the spirit when we allow him to is always at work refining helping us to grow as we draw near to God grow in our theology, grow in our understanding of God grow in our relationship with God And it's all to prepare us and equip us with faith and courage so that in and out of season, when it comes time to go, we say, Yes, God, I'll go. Protecting the heart that He's given us. So as we learn from Caleb over the next four weeks, what characteristics brought him to have this attitude towards what was going on. I'm believing that we'll become personally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically enabled in our confidence in God to go and possess all the things that God has called us to. Amen. Does anyone else want to join me on that journey? All the things that God has planted within us. You now, in Hebrews 4, verse 16, it says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. You know, as we consider the story of Caleb in a hole before we break it down in the next couple of weeks, and we consider how that points forward into the New Testament, because as I said, it's one book and it's all connected You know, we see God giving us an illustration of what He was going to do through His Son, Jesus. God delivered the Israelites, His people, in that, in that time out of Egypt. God gave them a promised land. And in the same way, through Jesus, God has delivered mankind out of their slavery to sin. And He's promised us a land called heaven, His kingdom. He made a way for us to journey to the promise of eternity. by sending us a saviour filled with faith, by sending us a saviour filled with courage, by sending us a saviour who was willing to die for us, a saviour who said, yes, I will go, knowing what his destiny was always gonna be on earth. What an incredible story. So this morning, just as we close, I want to pray that God will continue to speak. That God will remind us of how big He is in our lives. That God will continue to show us His perspective Because if you're in here and you're battling with stuff, could it be that God is just preparing you to go to greater things? Could it be that God is refining you for greater things? Could it be that God is getting you ready for greater things? why don't we stand this morning as we close? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's just fix our eyes on him this morning. Father God, we thank you for your presence. God, we thank you again that you're here, that you're moving in our midst. And So God, right now, we just come before you, Father God. and Lord, first of all, we just come to seek your forgiveness. Father, where we've allowed uh, things that aren't of you, things from the outside, Speak into our hearts and bring bitterness. Father God, we've allowed things uh, that aren't of you to to dominate, Father God, and to shadow who you are. Shadow your awesomeness. Shadow your truth over our lives. Lord, where that's happened, we ask God for your forgiveness this morning. Lord, that you would wash us clean of our doubts and our fears and, Lord, our insecurities. And God, I pray that as we go from this place, you would send your Spirit to help us guard our hearts. Lord, to guard our faith. Lord, to guard our perspective, our attitudes. Father, that we may always be running after you after your will and your plan and your purpose in our lives. God, I pray that for each of us, Lord, in in the days and the weeks and months and years to come, God, may we always remember how big you are. Lord, how awesome you are. God, even in just being grateful for what we have, God, may that remind us that that is from you, that you are all-powerful. God, I pray that you'd help us to continue to trust you more. God, may we be able to grow in you more. God, we're, we're in seasons of testing, Father God, seasons of refining. Lord, help us to get ready to go. So God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will move afresh. the lives of every person in this place. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.